You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to Locked On College Football here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Josh Ward. We are back for a Ward and Wade Wednesday with Andrew Wade from Locked On Hawkeyes. I have Locked On Vols for you each day. So the SEC and the Big Ten coming together. We'll talk a little Big 12 as well with what's going on there. Who can kind of save the Big 12 in the playoff push. We'll go ahead and look ahead as Andrew, it's great to be back with you. We're we're not in the full swing because we're still waiting for some conferences, Big Ten and Pac-12 most notably to get going. But it feels like we're starting to get into an early season rhythm where the, the games are the focus in college football. Do you think that's right? I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, now we're looking at the games. We're looking a little bit ahead. All the conferences are back. I mean, I think that came out on Wednesday, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. But the Pac-12 is back. The Mountain West is back. Um, I don't know if I saw anything on the MAC. I thought the MAC might be back as well. But basically, every conference is back. It feels like we're actually playing college football. And I feel like the way college football has handled the COVID testing has actually been a lot better than what – the NFL just did with their two recent games, Cam Newton testing positive, the Patriots not, you know, not sure if they're going to play to move the game back one day, the Tennessee Titans um, having some issues and ultimately delaying that game and rearranging the schedule. I feel like college football has operated a lot better with the understanding that things are going to happen and we're just going to run with it and games are going to get canceled and we're going to run with it. Whereas the NFL is screwing over teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers because they didn't get any positive tests. Now they have to, you know, play an interesting schedule and miss out on their bye week. So I know I went on a weird tangent there, but yeah, I completely agree with the fact that it feels like we're talking about football games as opposed to COVID right now. Yeah, and uh, the MAC will be back the first week of November. So I know that they're eager to get back out there, and and there continues to be, by the way, the the polling controversy. I know yeah. in SEC country, a lot of a lot of SEC fans are upset seeing the Big Ten teams still being there. And I'm doing locked on balls. I have Tennessee fans that are frustrated seeing Big Ten teams there. And I pointed, you know, I pointed out to him. So you didn't think that Tennessee should have been ranked two weeks ago, then, right? Because the balls hadn't started the season yet, and, and didn't like that response. But that you know, that's just part of the we have. We have added layers to the controversy of college football. So I actually think it's fun. I, I don't have a, a strong opinion one way or the other. I'm fine with them being there in the polls. But, um, you know, I get, it's, it is weird, no doubt, to see a 3-0 or 2-1 team and then a team that's 0-0 uh, right next to each other in the poll. But, again, that's, that's part of the arguing that's going to take place this year. It'll eventually catch up with itself. But uh, in the meantime, those are the conversations that are mixed in. Yeah, it makes, it makes the season more fun. I mean, we're getting – you know, different, like for example, Houston is playing for the first time this week. And that is going to be a very interesting game to watch because as we've seen with some of the early games, teams struggle in their first game back. A lot of teams haven't had some of the padded practices or as many padded practices as you'd want. They haven't had that real-time action. Houston's coming into a game and they haven't played a single game because their first three games have been canceled or postponed or whatever, you know, have it. I think there's just a lot of interesting storylines outside of football, but within football, if that makes sense, right? We're not talking about COVID, but we're talking about all these different factors that can impact the season. And we're seeing some of that come to fruition right now. I mean, hell, there was some weird stuff happening this past weekend, man. Like LSU two weeks ago loses to Mississippi State Mississippi State loses to Arkansas which gets their first win in the SEC in three years um, I don't want to say that's all because of 2020 but there's definitely some interesting characteristics that are coming out of the season already yeah and back-to-back -back weeks so this is quite a debut for Mike Leach in the SEC he has snapped the longest active winning streak in the conference which was held by LSU and the longest active losing streak 
which was held by Arkansas. That's difficult to do in consecutive weeks. Leave it to Mike Leach in his first two games in the SEC to pull that off. Yeah, Mike Leach doing Mike Leach things. Also, Mike Leach is winning me a lot of money, man. Uh, I bet on that Mississippi State LSU game, won that money. Bet on Arkansas um, at the advice of Colin Wilson from the Action Network. Check him out on Friday mornings on the Lockdown yeah. College World podcast. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a gamble and do his little round robin parlay. Won me a lot of money after, you know, Spencer Rattler chucked that interception to the Iowa State Cyclones. And obviously Arkansas winning was a huge one in that as well. But yeah, it's pretty crazy seeing what Mike Leach is doing in the SEC and kind of changing the way football is being played there too. Yeah, remember Locked On College Football is here five days a week, just like your favorite uh, local team show. We have that for you with some national coverage. And Friday's a big show to get you ready for games and picks to make heading into the weekend. And uh, one of the storylines you mentioned, I did not expect it to be this, the Oklahoma-Texas game. It's always a big deal, but I, I did not expect it to be the sad face ball with Texas almost losing two weeks ago, losing this past weekend, and then Oklahoma losing consecutive games in the regular season for the first time since 1999, Bob Stoops' first season there as the head coach. Those are the two situations for Oklahoma and Texas as they get ready to go up against each other this, this week. So one of two things are going to happen. Texas is already going to have a couple of losses and, and be in terrible shape, or Oklahoma is going to have three straight losses, which would be just unbelievable considering the conversation at the beginning of the season, which was, well, go ahead and write in Oklahoma as the Big 12 champ and put them in the playoff as well. That's not the case anymore. Yeah, it is. Uh, what's happening in the Big 12 is going to be a lot of fun to watch because where we thought, you know, the Big 12, there wasn't exactly sure who was going to emerge. Obviously, you assume Oklahoma, possibly Texas, if you're a Texas fan. But in the Big 10, you have, you know, Ohio State that's clearly number one, ACC clearly Clemson. I would say in the SEC, it's probably clearly Alabama. In the Big 12 now, where we are kind of a little bit unsure, it's even more unsure. But I will say this about Texas. I've been hating on Texas every single week on this show. TCU is not a bad program and Max Dugan is a pretty solid quarterback and showed yeah. that in the game against Texas. So I think that was something that people weren't necessarily counting on Max Dugan. I know him pretty well simply because four-star recruit out of Iowa, didn't go to Iowa, but went 19 of 27 for 273 yards. That's pretty impressive. I think TCU is actually a pretty solid team. My question to you though, is who needs to win this game more? And, and also from the perspective of the teams and also the big 12, who does the big 12 want to win this game? Texas, I think, is the answer to both. Texas, because for the Longhorns to lose again when they were fortunate two weeks ago to win and then they lost this past weekend, if they were to lose another one, well, that, that removes Texas from being, a, at least right now, a realistic playoff team. We'll see if things get wild. But two losses already, and they, at that point, just wouldn't look very good. They're kind of playing their way out of it. Oklahoma has already lost a couple of games. I would also say Tom Herman needs it more because Lincoln Riley's not in any kind of trouble and fans would be frustrated if they lose, no doubt. But I, I think fans are comfortable with Lincoln Riley as the head coach. I don't know if that's the case at Texas. If the Longhorns lose again, they lose to Oklahoma, a team that's coming off two losses, by the way. So Texas fans have to be thinking, okay, not a great start here, but we should at least beat Oklahoma this year. If that doesn't happen, that's a problem for Herman. They're not recruiting at the level that they should, and they're not winning at the level that Texas expects. So I, I, think, the, I think the team needs it. And then from the Big 12 perspective – Oklahoma already has two losses, so you could at least play it out as well. If Texas could win and then figure things out, maybe they could turn things around to go on a, a run to the playoff, and it can be Texas versus Oklahoma State for that spot. If Texas loses, then you can't say that about the Longhorns or the Sooners. I, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And, and Tom Herman hasn't done a very good job of developing the players that he is getting into that Texas program. You think about the state of Texas, there's so many top-tier talent. The fact that Texas hasn't been able to do anything with that is honestly – 
sad and ridiculous and not a good look for Tom Herman. So I completely agree with that. Um, what are your thoughts on a surprise team coming out of the Big 12? What are your thoughts on a one-loss Kansas State or a one-loss Iowa State who just tuck, took down Oklahoma or a TCU um, who lost to an Iowa State? These teams are kind of cannibalizing themselves, but what do you think about those three teams possibly emerging as a one-loss contender in the Big 12? Well, I was going to ask you, should we revive my preseason Iowa State at least offering that I, I put out there, not saying that Iowa State was going to be my Big 12 pick, but the, it is Brocktober right now, right? So you've got the, the Purdy love and Matt Campbell. I love him as a coach. He's, he's the guy that I've just automatically said over the last couple of years that if you're a big-time program in the right fit, that's the guy that I would be calling and trying to get away from Iowa State. I know why Ohio State went with Ryan Day. That's probably the right choice. But if it wasn't him, I would have gone after Matt Campbell in that spot. But for the playoff, it's, it's still early. My, you know, my guess is that we played this game. We'd start talking about, okay, maybe this team could go on a run. And at some point, they're going to slip up again. I just think that's how it naturally occurs for teams that aren't named Alabama, Ohio State most of the time, Clemson in the ACC. Some of these teams, they have their ups and downs for a reason. So um, Oklahoma State is, is, again, a team to bring back up. But my guess is Iowa State slips up again. TCU probably does. And Oklahoma State – uh, you're, you're maybe hoping that they can get through because they've knocked on that door before. That's what probably makes it more believable. I just wouldn't count on it happening. So I, I think the Big 12 has really put itself in, in danger of being left out. Yeah, I honestly didn't even – I completely forgot to say Oklahoma State as part of that. But, yeah, thank you for keeping me honest there. Oklahoma State is the team that I think at this point, if you're the Big Ten or the Big 12, you're hoping they run the table. You're hoping that a Texas beats Oklahoma so that Oklahoma State can beat a Texas. You're hoping that Iowa State does well as well because Oklahoma State gets Iowa State at home. I will say one last thing about Iowa State um, being closer to that program. Matt Campbell and that Iowa State program do a great job of getting up for big games at Jack Trice. And people were talking about fans not being in the stadium. Jack Trice has fans in that stadium. So beating Oklahoma wasn't as shocking as I think people on the outside were looking at it. I had a buddy who, you know, posted all of his bets and he literally bet on everything for Oklahoma. Like he had 10 different bets on Oklahoma to beat Iowa State. And I was like, I don't like that game, man. Iowa State just performs well against good teams. They get Oklahoma State on the road. They're not going to win that game, though. I, I guarantee it. That's the kind of game that Iowa State does lose. And like you said, they'll probably slip up one more time throughout the season. So to me, it's Oklahoma State if there's a possibility of getting that Big 12 into the playoff conversation. Yeah, if you look at your buddy's betting tickets afterward, probably looks like a cyclone came yeah. through there. As we continue here on Locked on College Football, a couple of big games coming up this weekend for some top five teams. We'll look at those and the schedule for this upcoming weekend as we are full speed ahead here on Locked on College Football today, presented by BuiltBar.com. Andrew, uh, we're in the middle of college football season. From a sports standpoint, everything's going on right now. So it's a wild time, busy time uh, for everybody, I think, for different reasons. Built Bar is a great option for you if you need a pick-me-up in the middle of the day. They have a ton of different flavors. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. I've told you the, the peanut butter and the peanut butter brownies, two of the more original flavors, those are two of my favorites. But if you check out the website, you can see all the different flavors that are available. They have some new that they've added in. Uh, strawberries being added to the equation, I know, at Built Bar. And also, they are healthy options for you at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, man, it's what I go to for all my workouts. I've honestly been eating a pumpkin chocolate chip bar every single day this week. That thing 
just goes so well with a glass of milk. It's like, it's like eating a Snickers bar, but you know, you get that health conscious pieces to it as well. The calories are low at 130 calories, typically to 170 calories per bar. You get a lot of protein, 17 to 19 grams of protein. And along with those built bars, built bar has another great product also built go, which is a fantastic opportunity to get your pre-workout and a tiny little to go package, 1.5 ounces loaded with hundred milligrams of caffeine and contains protein as well. So if you want a built bar or you need something to get you a pick me up before your workout, you can do either one of those options and get lots of protein delivered right to your door from builtbar.com. So go to builtbar.com right now, use promo code locked on and you'll get 10% off or $10 off your next order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Otherwise, if you want built goes, go to builtgo.com and use promo code locked and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code locked for 30% off at builtgo.com. So, Andrew, a game that I've been talking about a lot this week with Locked on Vols, it's Tennessee on the road against Georgia. So a couple of big top five home games we'll talk about, as well as one on the road. But Georgia looked really good against Auburn, and that speed on defense and those guys flying around all over the place, that's why Georgia's considered by many to have the best defense in the country. The offense looked better with Stetson Bennett the four starting at quarterback after coming in in relief in, in week two. Tennessee, it's offensive line. It, it looks like it's built for this kind of game. This is the first real test there. But what do you think about the way Georgia looked against the Auburn Tigers? And Kirby Smart actually saying on Monday, he thinks Tennessee is ahead of Auburn right now because of where the Vols are on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I, the win Georgia over Auburn says more about Auburn to me than it does Georgia. I don't think Auburn's as good of a program. And I know we're going to get Zach from our Tuesday show of Locked on College Football getting pissy at me, but um, Bo Nix – like we talked about in a couple last couple of weeks, he's very up and down. He's relative, you know, he's inconsistent um, against Georgia. Couldn't do anything against that stout defense. We talked about Georgia being a, the one program who could probably deal with a average quarterback at best. Destin Bennett just needs to be consistently average and Georgia's defense is going to take care of things. Auburn to me is not an impressive win. I know on a ranking standpoint, it is, but, We've also seen, you know, Auburn beat Kentucky. People thought Auburn's good. Kentucky hasn't looked that good either the last couple of weeks. So this game versus Tennessee versus Georgia is going to be really interesting to me. Um, we talked about it before the show. I don't know how to predict this game because I have just not been able to figure out what the heck to do with Tennessee. Um, that being said, I would like to believe that Georgia, with just average quarterback play, should be able to win this game pretty handedly. Well, uh, one conversation that I've brought up repeatedly and will before the weekends is to me turnovers is such a huge deal, which is not going out on too thin of a limb there. But Jeremy Pruitt talks about it a lot. And in this kind of game, it matters, doesn't it, when Georgia has a clear talent advantage. Now, line of scrimmage matters. But if, if you can protect the quarterback and then the quarterback can protect the football, that gives you a, a chance. And then you hope that your defense can hold – Georgia in check and I think that's a possibility so I've come into the week expecting Tennessee to make it more competitive and for it to be a closer game than certainly Georgia Auburn was which is not again a, a big deal is a, a three touchdown difference in that game but I just think Tennessee's offensive line as uh, as ready as it looks for this kind of matchup that gives you a chance for Jarrett Garantano to play better. And a year ago, Tennessee was all over the place with its quarterback position and where the season was headed and things have gotten better. Now it's a real test to see if Jeremy Pruitt has the program there. For Kirby Smart, it's a chance to show that, hey, things are fine a week ahead of the, the Alabama game. Do you think there's any look ahead for Georgia having taken care of Auburn, which is a big rival, you're a big favorite against Tennessee with Alabama coming up next week? 
Yeah, I mean, that's always a concern. Uh, I think we talk about that as one of those indicators of potentially an upset coming is when teams start looking ahead in their schedule. And a Tennessee team that hasn't been very great the last couple of years, definitely coming into its own and, and obviously ranked and doing well this year with two wins in the SEC. Um, I think if you're Georgia, you are looking at Alabama, who appears to be on a mission. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Texas A&M. I'm not a big fan of the Texas A&M team, but Alabama – just annihilated them and looked good doing it. They appear to be on a mission to win some games. I could see Georgia looking ahead to Alabama. Um, for me, this is kind of a, a no-lose situation for Tennessee and a no-win situation for Georgia. Tennessee is not expected to win this game. That can, You can appear a little bit more relaxed going into that game because you're not expected to win that game. You're going down to Athens. You know, you're, a built, you're a program that's on the rise again, but you're going against a Georgia team that should win. Georgia, on the other hand, if they lose this game, that hurts their season. If they win the game, it should, you know, people are expecting them to win and they have to go to Alabama next week. They got to get prepared for two tough matchups in a row. And then obviously Georgia's had a, has a very tough schedule in general, as we talked about. So that's a lot of mental toughness they're going to have to have in order to stay in tune for Tennessee and then move on to Alabama. Yeah, Kirby Smart, I'm sure, was not pleased to see Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama as weeks two, three, and four. I think we hit on that on the show last week, but that's, uh, that's where it is. So that's a 3.30 game on CBS on Saturday, Georgia at home against Tennessee. And then at 7.30 on Saturday night on ABC, you can switch over and check out Clemson at home against Miami. So two top 10 teams, including Clemson, uh, the number one team in the country. What do you think Trevor Lawrence versus D.R. King in this one? What kind of shot do you give against Miami against a team, again, that's, that's loaded? And yeah, Travis Etienne, I just – every time I watch him run the football, I, I ask so myself, good. why is he a college football running back? Shouldn't he be a starting running back in the NFL right now? But that's what Clemson has. Yeah, I mean, if I am the ACC and I saw that he came back, I would just be pissed. He should be in the NFL. He could have been a first-round pick. The dude's electric. Um, that being said, Clemson – I will say this. Clemson doesn't get a lot of tests – in the ACC. They've gone undefeated the last couple of years in the ACC because there just hasn't been that good of programs. And we've seen a couple of teams kind of come up and go down, but as soon as they play Clemson, they get their butt kicked and the game's over, right? So I'm looking at, you know, for example, last year in the ACC, they didn't play a ranked team until their sec their last game in the ACC. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was the ACC conference championship game. They didn't play a ranked team all year except for Texas A&M. I'm looking at the year after the, before that. They don't get a lot of tough games in the ACC. And I think this is the first one we can say in the last three to four years that actually could be closer than what we've looked at. Um, two years ago, Clemson, I know I'm going on a little tangent here, but Clemson versus number 16, North Carolina State, 41 to seven, number 17, Boston College, 27 to seven. There just hasn't been a lot of close games in the ACC. And I think this is the first early season test Clemson is going to have in a while, which I think gives Miami the advantage. Although Clemson has looked pretty good to start the season. Yeah. So which way do you lean going into this one? I'm taking Clemson to win and Miami to cover. Okay. Uh, and by the way, you've been off to a good start here. I'll brag on you. With, yeah. uh, with Aside from Tennessee bets, uh, you, you've been off to a good start this season. Yeah, Tennessee's been crushing me, man. I'm, I'm done betting Tennessee. I have a couple no-goes. I never bet. I'm not betting for Tennessee ever again. Uh, I never take Iowa to not cover. I always take Iowa to cover because they slow the ball down. Um, Iowa versus Purdue, I'm always taking the over. I'm never betting against Alabama. Um, so I guess those are kind of my three, three to four no-goes. But yeah, I, I would honestly take Miami to cover and Clemson to win. Uh, Florida State, Notre Dame, where do you lean on that one? Because that's what we get this uh, this weekend. Florida State coming off a big win against Jacksonville State. <laughs> yeah, um, the fact that Jacksonville State was beating them through the first half tells you all you need to know about that Florida State program. Yep. I, I'm not 
I'm never usually high on Notre Dame. I, I think Brian Kelly is a great coach. I think Notre Dame is not a bad team. I think when they consistently win 10 games a year or nine to 10 games, I think that's about, you know, what that talent level is, but you get a lot of national media pundits and obviously the big Notre Dame fan base that continually hypes up that Notre Dame program, but this should be a really easy win for Notre Dame, man. I think Notre Dame is going to kick the crap out of Florida state and we're going to see just how far that Florida state program has fallen. And Mike Norvell is going to realize just how big of a rebuild he has to do with that, that Seminole program. Yeah, Notre Dame, a 21-point favorite against Florida State with, uh, with the Irish getting back to action. And uh, it, I, I think it's probably still going to be a tough go. Florida State still has Clemson later in the season, by the way, which will not be fun for the Seminoles. I'll go ahead and make that bold uh, prediction for later on in the year. We'll come back. It might be ugly for Texas A&M. For Jimbo, it better not be. It's a big game against Florida coming up this week after A&M was demolished by Alabama this past weekend. We'll look at that and the other games to pay attention to this weekend. When we come back right here on Locked On College Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Andrew, you mentioned just a moment ago that did not look good for Texas A&M. That was against Alabama. Alabama looks like a, a well-oiled machine, and they're loaded with talent. Still, though, to get destroyed by Alabama, that's not the expectation for Texas A&M with the $75 million contract to Jimbo Fisher in his third season. So now at home against Florida, which also looks like it's good to go on the offensive side, Kyle Trask is, and, and Kyle Pitts, by the way, that combo, good luck trying to stop him. Uh, I don't think this is going to go well for Texas A&M. Would you agree, disagree, and how important is this this game and where things are right now for Jimbo? I couldn't agree more, man. Um, I, the, Kyler, the, the Trask and Pitts combo, and they talked about it on yesterday's show as well, mocked on college football, it is freaking impressive. He's looking uncoverable through a couple games in the season, setting a ridiculous pace. He's clearly the, the front runner for the John Mackey Award, um, which, you know, typically goes to an Iowa player. Just kidding. But, um, no, I do, I do think Florida is going to show just that the fact that they actually could be back. Um, I have not been a big fan of Florida since – Obviously, Urban Meyer left since the Tim Tebow era. Um, obviously, the convict era as well. I'm going to piss off some Florida people for that. But they, I do believe – You find have, one fan base every show, don't you? Yeah, I'm really just <laughs> – I do a great job of that. Um, but I do think Florida is back this year, and I think it's going to show when they take down Texas A&M. I don't think Texas A&M should have been ranked. Um, they are relying heavily on Kellen to be kind of that guy, and I don't think – he has the ability to get it done for them. And I think for Jimbo Fisher to lose two big games in the SEC is going to look pretty bad for him, especially the way he left Florida State, especially the way he got into Texas A&M. Um, I think this could be the makings of a down, a big bad season for Texas A&M. If they lose two games in a row to start the season, clearly their national title hopes are gone already. They're going to be, you know, getting into an even better bowl is going to be gone if they lose to Florida. And I think Florida is going to wipe the floor with them. Yeah, and you have Mike Leach next week. So if you were to lose this week, people are going to be on edge. And then if you were to, to let Mike Leach come in as, as a first-year coach there at Mississippi State, who knows with Leach? We, we covered that a, a moment ago. But uh, it's a, a very critical time. Now, he makes so much money, and getting him out of there would be difficult. And I'm not saying they should do that at all. It's just tension is going to be high. Maybe it helps that Texas is no good right now either, at least by their own standards. But uh, we'll see Florida and Texas A&M. That's going to be a, a 12 o'clock kick. North Carolina against Virginia Tech, that's going to be – going on at the same time Virginia Tech's been battling through with players not being there in uh, North Carolina that's another ACC team that's that's been getting some love here in the early start of the season is they've recruited really well with Mac Brown and I, I think there's just a lot of excitement in Chapel Hill yeah and I don't blame them I mean Mac Brown's a fantastic coach uh, Sam Howell I think is a pretty good quarterback hasn't had the best start this year uh, getting a little loosey-goosey with the ball there um, with already three interceptions through just two games um, 
But I do think Mac Brown has this team ready to go. I don't know if they're ready to compete with Clemson yet, but I do believe they're actually starting to build a program. And again, we saw Mac Brown do this at Texas. He can recruit, he can develop, and he can maintain teams. And I think North Carolina, this might be a good year to, you know, win seven games, finish top 15. But I think we're looking at a program that's on the rise and can start competing with Clemson um, for those top recruits and for an ACC title each every year. So that early slate, we have Texas A&M at home against Florida, UNC versus Virginia Tech. We talked about Oklahoma and Texas earlier uh, and then hit some different spots in the day. Any, anything else that stands out to you, games that excite you on the schedule for this upcoming Saturday in college football? Um, Auburn versus Arkansas. Uh, and the reason why is Arkansas under, you know, a new head coach, they look pretty solid. They were taking down Georgia in the first half. Obviously, Georgia is just a very good team. Talent, you know, when you're when there's such a big gap in talent, eventually it typically is going to show. And that's what happened with Georgia, Arkansas. But Arkansas last week taking down a Mississippi State team coming off a big win over LSU. Arkansas getting Auburn coming off a bad loss. Again, I'm not a big fan of this Auburn program. I do think this will be closer than people think. Um, I don't think Arkansas is going to win, but I do think they're a program on the rise. And that one win in the SEC in the last three years, that is not an anomaly. This is a team that is ready to uh, start building on something. It's not going to be a good year this year, but they're going to at least stay close. And then I'd also say we haven't talked to, you know, we talked about the Texas-Oklahoma game. Um, Iowa State gets Texas Tech. Uh, people yeah. are high on Iowa State because of the win over Oklahoma. Um, Texas Tech isn't a good team this year, but that's the kind of game that Iowa State loses. So be on the watch out for that. That spreads 12 and a half. I would not want to bet on Iowa State for that. Hey, one other team. I don't know that the game is all that interesting against Texas San Antonio, but what do you think about BYU's start in the play of Zach Wilson at quarterback? He, his numbers are terrific, and BYU's gotten a little bit of love here early on in the season. If there's any team that has benefited the most by the Big 12 looking just absolutely garbage through three seasons or three games, it's BYU, man. Um, I think if you're BYU, you're hoping that whole, the whole conference just keeps cannibalizing itself. You're hoping that Kansas State becomes a front runner in that conference because no one's going to actually, I mean, no one's going to actually believe they can do anything. BYU, if I'm them, I'm looking at the Big 12 and thinking, heck yeah, thank you for making this a little bit easier and hoping that the SEC cannibalizes itself at you know, the, the teams below Alabama because they have a shot, I think, to go to the college ball playoff. And Zach Wilson is looking like a Heisman contender and an absolute stud. When you get a program like that that can go undefeated in a star-powered guy like Zach Wilson, that's the kind of stuff that looks good to college ball playoff voters as well. And you can't knock their season I mean they had to figure out how to put together a schedule despite having a bunch of teams cancel their season so um, you can only do what you got to do and if you go undefeated I think at this point they're deserving to be in the college well playoff talks yeah credit to them shout out to locked on Cougars covering what's going on with BYU and Zach Wilson he's a fun quarterback that's played a lot of college football now and he's a fun one to check out on Saturdays so uh, they're worth a mention and worth a follow as the season goes along Andrew have we missed anything or are you uh, you ready to head on and get some bets in and get ready for this upcoming weekend yeah, man, I'm ready to get my bets in. I got to record an episode of Locked On Hawkeyes. We're doing a nice preview over there of the uh, Iowa season as the Big Ten begins play. Not this weekend, but the next. And I am absolutely – am I missing a weekend there? No, yeah, they're playing this in two weeks. I am freaking pumped for the Big Ten to be back. And that's when we're going to start getting a lot of conversations from those SEC folks not happy about the Big Ten hopping in once they win a game or two. But I'm excited for, for this weekend of college football, and I'm ready for uh, two weekends from now. We can get some real college football having both the Big Ten and the SEC back.
Load up on some Built Bar and some Built Go. Get ready for the start of Big Ten play here soon and another college football weekend coming up. Remember, Locked On College Football is here five days a week. Subscribe, rate, and review, and tell your friends about the daily college football coverage from around the country. It's been a Ward and Wade Wednesday. For Andrew Wade, I'm Josh Ward. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Locked On College Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.